الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعباد الرحمن الذين يمشون على الأرض هونا وإذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما والذين يبيتون لربهم سجدا وقياما صدق الله العظيم We had been discussing the incident of Mawlana Sayyid Abu Al-Hasan Ali Nadwi Rahimahullah that he in the latter part of his life gathered his entire family together and addressed them and this was a family with a very great legacy and he addressed them and said to them that if you wish to flourish as a family you wish to maintain this legacy you wish to be part of this legacy and pass it on to others then there are three things that I am going to pass on to you three lessons three things that I have learned from studying the lives of all the great families of the past and what became the cause of their downfall having studied all this meaning after some time after some generations there was no sign left of that legacy that their forefathers left for them in terms of deen and the great work that their forefathers had done so how to protect oneself from that he now was giving this lesson and he very specially called his entire family together to give them this message so the first thing that he mentioned to them which we discussed yesterday to some extent that never ever be the zalim rather be the mazloom never ever be the zalim inna allah la yuhibbu zalimin allah taala does not love those who commit zulm allah taala does not give his attention his special attention his rahmat to those who are causing oppression they become deprived of the rahmat of allah taala when rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said sent hazrat muazzi ibn jabal radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu to yemen as the governor among the advices that he gave him at that time one of the advices he gave him was wattaqi da'watal mazloom innahu laysa bainaha wa bainallahi hijab the beware of the curse of the oppressed one beware of the curse of the oppressed one because between the oppressed person curse and allah taala there is no barrier in other words when that oppressed person curses somebody then that curse reaches allah taala and allah taala then takes revenge on his behalf now it might sometimes happen instantly it might sometimes happen after a little while it might sometimes take a longer time but it brings its consequences so this is one of the 
very important advices that Rasulullah gave to Hazrat Mu'az ibn Jabal that now you are going as a governor, you are going to be ruling over the people of the area. So sometimes this can become a means or a, a situation where the person who has authority over others sometimes oversteps the mark, misuses that authority, misuses the power the power that somebody has over someone, some other person, that power also is going to be accountable on the day of Qiyamad. Like we discussed the one incident where Rasulullah passed by one Sahabi. Now they had just come recently into Islam. So some of these things used to happen initially and once they were corrected, they would learn their lesson and move on. So this Sahabi was beating his slave. Rasulullah passed by and he saw this. When he saw it, he called out to him and he said to him, Lallahu aqdaru alayka mimma taqdiru Allah Ta'ala has more power over you than the power you have over your slave. Presently, you are showing your might, showing your power, showing your authority, showing your influence, wielding your influence, using your contacts, and especially in a situation where there's somebody weaker, and especially where that somebody doesn't generally have any recourse. Person is down and out, person doesn't have anybody to turn to in terms of asbab and means, person doesn't have any contacts as we might have sometimes, person doesn't have any social standing and position among people that anybody is going to take any notice of him or her and pay attention to their plights. The person has really nobody to turn to as such in terms of dunya, in terms of the people of dunya. This is even more dangerous because such a person then turns only to Allah Ta'ala. And only Allah is there for that person. When a person apparently turns to the means to people, so somehow something gets diverted. But when the person's only recourse is Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala comes to the aid of that person. This is very, very dangerous. So this is always to be if something to be afraid of. Like in the words, Nabi Sallallahu words to Hazrat Mu'az Ittaqi da'wat al-Mazloom That fear, fear the curse of the Muslim. Now one is that that Muslim, it might be an employee, it might be uh, the person just walking past, we did something, whatever somebody we were transacting with, whichever capacity it might be, that Muslim. One is that he might utter something with his tongue. He might say something. He might curse the person directly. And sometimes he says nothing. Verbally, he says nothing. But just that curse comes out of the heart. Within the heart, it just comes out. That is already very dangerous. In fact, sometimes more dangerous than dangerous than what was uttered verbally. 
Because verbally, sometimes a person just says something and doesn't even mean it. But now this must have really come from a deep pain. Really came from very, very deep pain. There is one incident which is recorded in the books. The historians have recorded this incident. Allah ibn Jawzi, rahimahullah, also records it somewhere. There was this one person, poor person, caught one fish. And now he is bringing that fish home to his family. They have nothing to eat. So now he caught something to, for them to eat. So he is bringing that fish home. Now, as he is coming on the beach, wherever he had caught it, on the bank of the river, one police man was passing by, or he was walking around there. And he saw this person with this fish. So he told him that, give me the fish. Sell it to me. This person said, look, I need this fish to take home. My family has nothing to eat. And we need this. I need to take it so that we can have something to eat. So when this person did not agree to giving it to him, he forcefully took it. Grabbed it. And he took it away. And he went away with it. So now this poor person, what does he do? He has no recourse. He doesn't have any opportunity to complain anywhere. Now what chance does he stand? This is a person who is from the police. He is a poor person. He doesn't have any contacts, doesn't have any influence, doesn't have any authority, any power. And now this person snatched the fish out of his hand and took it away. So how his heart might have cried, only he knows. Allah Ta'ala knows. So in any case, this person went away home. He went away home, gave it to his wife to prepare it. It was prepared, it was eaten, and forgotten that this anything happened. Now when he had grabbed that fish from the hand of this poor person, something in that fish was torn or something scraped him slightly on his finger. He didn't think anything about it. It was a slight scrape. When he came home, he had the fish. After some time, that little scratch on the finger started becoming a little bit more deeper, painful. Then it became even more painful. So he went to a doctor. The doctor looked at it and said, look, this is already something has happened here. It has become poisonous, gangrene, whatever. We're going to have to amputate the finger. So finally they made the decision that, look, if this has to be done to save the hand, you have to amputate it, so amputate it. The finger got amputated. But then after a few days, there's a severe pain in his palm. And again, back to the doctor, see that poison has already gone, though the finger got amputated, but it's already gone past it. It's now in the palm, and it's spreading. If you don't amputate the, from the wrist down, is going to now affect the whole hand. So, well, cut the wrist, from the wrist down, cut it. So then that was amputated. But then after a while, now further up in the hand, there's a severe pain. Again, the same process, says, no, this poison has gone further up. We'll have to amputate it from the elbow down. So now he amputated it from the elbow. Now this person, that night goes to sleep, and in the in a dream, somebody is saying to him 
that why don't you set right the wrong you have done, how long are you going to keep amputating your hand? Why don't you go and settle the wrong that you have done? And he realizes when he wakes up that what was his wrong that he had done? This was this fish that he had taken as zulm. He committed zulm upon that person and grabbed it by force and caused this pain to this person. So he somehow went and found that person, went back to that place where he had grabbed it, that this person is a fisherman, he should be here somewhere sometime. And sooner or later he managed to find him and sought his forgiveness and that matter was settled. But later many a times this person would be walking around on that shore and he would be shouting, anybody wants to take a lesson, come and take a lesson from me. Anybody wants to take a lesson, come and take a lesson from me. People would hear this, what is this person talking all about? They would come and ask him, what's your problem? He would then narrate this whole incident. That look, don't ever commit zulm. I learnt it the hard way. This is what happened to me. This is what you see in my hand. is all from the elbow down, or whichever portion was all amputated. He says, this is the result of the zulm that I committed. Now sometimes this becomes very, very clear, very apparent. That too is in a way Allah Ta'ala's grace. That Allah Ta'ala opens it out to a person. That look, this is your zulm. So now sort it out. Make amends. But that comes when a person has that concern to make sure that I don't commit any wrong. But now the person in that ignorance or in that as a mistake, the person was doing something wrong. This is Allah Ta'ala's special favor that Allah Ta'ala opens it out. That look, this is wrong. Stop this. Now it is the next very important step is to then act upon that immediately. To set right the wrong. To make amends for the past in some way. To try and please the person in some way. If we have done harm to somebody, if that person we have some right of his, give the right back. If you harm the person in some way, make them happy. If it's a servant, for example, a worker, an employee, then do something for the person. Make him happy in some way. Give him something extra. Do something so that his heart will become cooled. And whatever wrong was done gets deleted. By making him happy, it will delete that past. It will delete that zulm. It will overcome that problem that was committed. That wrong that was committed. So this is the aspect of zulm. That it brings its consequences in dunya already. What is in the akhirat? That is apart from it. It's all the akhirat. الظلم ظلمات يوم القيامة نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم says ظلم is darknesses not the singular plural darkness upon darkness sometimes in dunya sometimes the light goes off and it's a dark night there's no moon shining also it's so dark the person now load shedding suddenly the power went off he can't even see his finger in front, hand in front of his face can't even see the tip of his nose it's so dark now that is still one darkness. Allah Ta'ala is saying darknesses meaning it's a great amount of problems. That is what the darknesses of the day of Qiyamah is. One is he'll be without any nur also. And then he'll be in problem upon problem, difficulty upon difficulty, hardship upon hardship. What can we imagine about the hardships of the day of Qiyamah? The day of Qiyamah, the hardships, all the hardships of dunya put together can't compare one fraction to the hardship of Qiyamah. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So this is that very, very crucial thing 
that we have to keep checking within ourselves. As discussed yesterday, we often neglect to think and ponder, to reflect, to reflect upon ourselves, upon our lives, sit down and think about it, from time to time, different things. Think about it, how do I deal with my customers for that matter? How do I deal with my staff? How do I deal with my colleagues at work? How do I deal with my family members? How do I deal with my helper at home? How do I deal with people I come into contact with? How do I deal with those who are closest to me? My parents, my children, the spouses, how they deal with one another. All these are things too from time to time. Sometimes one part of it, sometimes a different relationship. We're pondering over it and seeing whether we are, everything is clear, everything is above board or is there a problem somewhere? Is something not in order? If something is not in order, then that has to be set right. Otherwise, this is a major problem. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, subhanallah, to what extent he went to highlight what a major issue it is to have committed some zulm upon somebody. It is the last days of the Mubarak life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he is very ill. Hazrat Fadl ibn Abbas he says that he came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was suffering with a severe fever at that time and when a person is in a fever and he doesn't even want to that time do anything very difficult to even walk Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had a severe fever and then he had his head tied tightly with a bandage this was because of a severe headache now imagine the scene, it's the last days of the Mubarak life of Rasulullah on earth and he was in a state of great illness in terms of physical self that he had a severe headache, was suffering a fever and he was very weak and in this condition he says to Fadl ibn Abbas give me your hand and then with difficulty he wakes up and with the support of Fadl ibn Abbas he comes into the masjid and then he comes and he sits at the member and asks Fadl ibn Abbas to call the people to ask everybody to come closer and they all come closer to the member, the member. then Rasulullah addresses them he delivers a khutbah and then in this khutbah among the things that he mentioned was that just to get to the point, main point that we wish to discuss, Rasulullah mentioned that look, anybody has any right outstanding for somebody else, then fulfill it now before the time comes when we're already in Qiyamad. Because on that day there is no dinar, there is no dirham, in our context there is no rands and cents or pounds and dollars. They, it's the deeds of a person, his a'mal. The a'mal of a person now will be dished out to those who were wronged. And if there's no a'mal to dish out to them, no righteous actions, their sins will be taken and passed on to the person who oppressed them. Then Rasulullah addresses everybody. Can we imagine the scene? He's so ill, with the severe headache, with the severe fever, his Mubarak head bandaged tightly, to try and bring some relief to the headache. And in this manner, 
he is addressing everybody and he is saying to them, and who, who is speaking? Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the ma'asum nabi of Allah ta'ala. And he's addressing who? He's addressing the sahaba ikram. They were completely ready to give their lives for him. And he's addressing them and saying to them that look, Allah man jalattu lahu zahran fahaza zahri fal yastaqid min. That look, if I, if I hit somebody on their back, sometimes, sometimes maybe I hit somebody, then here's my back, you take revenge. Can you imagine this situation? Can we picture this scene? Can we imagine Allah's Nabi Wasallam in these last final days of life and in this state of illness and weakness and he comes to the masjid and from the member he is in the midst of all the sahaba addressing them and saying to them that please if I have hurt somebody come and take revenge. Come and take your revenge. Allah man shatamtu lahu irdan fahada irdi falyastaqid minhu. If I have dishonored somebody, I have said a word which was wrong to somebody, then here's my honor, you take revenge. You say the same word to me now. Can we, can we picture this? How often we say things, very hurtful things to others, we call them names, we ridicule, we mock, we humiliate people, we say hurtful things to them, we hurt them about, sometimes maybe somebody's family member, something, uh, whatever the person's life is all about, so now we pick on that, what has this person got to do with something that his family person, some relative of his, his brother, his father maybe, whatever, what they did, how can that become this person's fault now? And now we taunt this person, we taunt him, mock him, find fault and hurt his feelings about it and think nothing about it. This is what we were referring to yesterday. Very often there are aspects of zulm that are being perpetrated and it doesn't cross the mind what I said, what I did. But this constitutes zulm. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi to highlight this. Now he is the masum nabi of Allah ta'ala where he would have hurt somebody's honor in any way. But to highlight it, he is presenting himself. He says, if I have dishonored somebody by saying something to them, here's my honor, you repeat that word to me. You take a revenge. And if I have taken anybody's wealth, there's my wealth, whatever I possess, you come and take your rights, come and take your due. Now this is the manner in which Rasulullah is presenting himself to the Sahaba, in order to highlight how grave this is, how grave a matter the issue of zulm is, that it needs to be sorted out. And then further Nabi Islam says, that nobody should think, that how am I going to now ask for my right now, if I have owed some right and now I want to ask for it, but how am I going to ask for it? Because maybe Nabi Islam would then have some ill feeling for me in his heart. Nabi Islam says, don't ever let that thought cross your mind because any ill feeling is neither my nature and nor does it behove of me. I will, give you, I will give you your right and I will have no grudges against you. I will have no ill feeling against you because it's your right. So I will give it to you. Now this was to teach us Rasulullah was masoom, sinless. 
but to teach us that if somebody has been hurt in some way, hurt in some way, we should rectify it. If we have, we are owing somebody something, we rather sort it out. Don't hold it back. Because if it's held back, on the day of Qiyamah, it will become a major disaster. So rather sort it out here in Bunya. Or secure the forgiveness of the person. Don't leave anything outstanding for later. That later could become too late. It could become the day of Qiyamah. And once it's the day of Qiyamah now, then the chance of now sorting it out in dunya is long over. Now you've got to sort it out on the day of Qiyamah. On the day of Qiyamah, it will be sorted out with amal, with good deeds. And there, we can't afford to lose our good deeds. We will be desperately in need of every good deed. Allah knows best what gets accepted of our amal. How much can we really expect that our amal is accepted? It will be accepted, it will be accepted, it will only be the fuzzle and the grace and the mercy of Allah Ta'ala that we can hope on. But Allah Ta'ala, out of His kindness and mercy, overlooks all the faults. And despite those amal not being worthy of accept- acceptance, Allah Ta'ala still accepts it. But what can we really ho- expect? It's purely only the hope and in the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. So therefore, we have to keep checking, keep repeatedly checking. This is not a by-the-way thing. These uh, aspects are sometimes heard, something about zulm, something about don't oppress, and we hear about it, and we just pass by, and carry on with life. That, oh, fine, we heard it, we knew about this already, we heard it previously also. We read about it too, we heard many bayans already. Very well, we heard many bayans, but have we checked, have we reflected, and have we made amends for the wrong? Have we sorted out whatever the past was? And have we now rectified our manner and way for the way forward? Otherwise, Allah forbid that this then catches up with us. What happens in the akhirat is beyond imagination, but as discussed, that zulm brings its consequences in dunya already. So may Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq to reflect and to rectify whatever our wrongs are, to seek the guidance of those who will be able to guide us if we are not sure how to overcome things, how to sort things out, and inshallah, by undertaking the steps to rectify the wrongs, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will open the doors of His Rahmat for us, and help us to overcome all these issues before moth, and so that when the time of our death comes, we live in a condition that we are clean and pure from all these vices and sins. May Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq, wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim Daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 
Allah, 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 Allah,
from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah, from the sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah, from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah, from the sins of the heart, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, from everything that you have forbidden, Ya Allah, whatever you are displeased with, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, we have caused so much of hurt to the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he is informed of the amal of his Ummah, what must be going through the Mubarak heart of the Nisa, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Allah forgive us, Ya Allah, Allah make us the means of the comfort and the coolness of the heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah will alabin ya Allah save us from causing the clear to his mubarak heart ya Allah. Allah how will face him on the day of Qiyamah. We'll be hoping for his shafaat and intercession. And when we come in front of him. And if we have come with all this burden of sin. And whatever we have caused pain to him ya Allah. How will we face him on the day of Qiyamah? When we have turned our backs on his Mubarak Sunnah and we have embraced the ways of his enemies. We have embraced the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, the dressing of the Yahud and Nasara, the lifestyle of the Yahud and Nasara, the weddings and functions of the Yahud and Nasara. How will we face Rasulullah? Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Grant us a topic of following his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Allah enable us to stay far away from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us a tawfiq of doing all that pleases you, Ya Allah. Save us from whatever that pleases you, Ya Allah. Allah, make us yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant us a small amount of Ramadan to gain taqwa, Ya Allah. Allah, you bless us with the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, these 10 days of Rahmat are passing, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with the pure Rahmat, Ya Allah. Bless us with the special Rahmat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with your special blessings, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make us among your chosen and special servants, Ya Allah. Those with whom you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Those whose hearts are connected to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our hearts are connected to everything else but you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, we've connected ourselves to the whole world. We've disconnected ourselves from you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect us and save us from all these, Ya Allah, futile connections, Ya Allah, these sinful connections, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, connect our hearts totally towards you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with the nisbat of the awliya siddiqeen, Ya Allah. Bless us with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts اللهم اجعل حبك أحب إلينا من أنفسنا وأهلينا ومن الماء البارد إله العالمين يا الله فلو حاسب دعوة محبت يا الله فلو حاسب دعوة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فلو حاسب دعوة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الله فلو حاسب دعوة أعمال دين يا الله فلو حاسب دعوة أفضل دين يا الله اكسبت أسنا وقرجني إلى القيامة بأفضل دين وإخلاص وعافية يا الله إله العالمين يا الله سيبا سم أول التفس نفس الشيطان يا الله Save us from the traps of Shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on Deen till our last breath, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on Deen, Ya Allah. Take us on Kamil Iman, Ya Allah. Take us on Kamil Iman, Ya Allah. Take us on Tawbat and Nasuha, Ya Allah. Take us at a time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the traps of Shaitan in that critical moment, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make that the happiest moment of our life when we are meeting you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you be pleased with us at that moment, Ya Allah. 